Hello, all of our spooky friends out there. Welcome to another episode of 28 Days Later. I am one of your hosts, Sophie, joined, I shouldn't say as always, but joined thankfully again by my stalwart sister and best favorite co-host, Hannah. How's it going, Hannah? Hello. Did you try to stall in case I had a mouthful of popcorn? I did. I did. Guys, Hannah's eating so much popcorn right now. I can't see her, but I imagine she's in like a homemade ball pit that she built during COVID, but it's full of like stale popcorn and she's trying to eat all of it before we start recording, but she didn't quite succeed. Is that close, Hannah? Oh my God. That is something like if I, wow, that's something I've never dreamt of, but now I'm like, wow, why don't I have that? I don't know if you've seen the video for, um, oh gosh, I'm going to forget the song now. Oh no. So, um, Kesha's new album, which, uh, I think I talked about on the show, but maybe I didn't. I was supposed to go see her with big Frida opening for her before COVID started. And then obviously COVID messed all that up. Um, but her most recent album, High Road, features a song called My Own Dance. And if you haven't watched the video for it, it features Kesha bathing in a kiddie pool full of like milk and Fruit Loops in the middle of a motel room and then like eating the Fruit Loops out of the <laughs> pool. And I just imagine you doing that, but with popcorn. Yeah, I was thinking like if I could be buried in popcorn, like <laughs> I'd be happy about that. Um, yeah, because like, um, so a little glimpse into the behind the scenes action for the listeners is that we were a little late recording because I was panicking um because I'm only in my second week of grad school and I cannot find my pencil case anywhere which contains my headphones so I was running around trying to find something I could use to record um and as such Sophie was telling me before we started like hey, just be careful since you're using your computer's microphone. You might pick up extra background noise. Um, Because she thought I was like, you thought I was like moving around and things. And then I was like, oh, no, I'm actually shoveling popcorn into my mouth. uh, Yeah, I thought you were walking a marathon around your room, but it turns out you're just eating popcorn. (laughs) Listen, I had a long day. I am... Um, I'm trying this new anti-inflammatory diet because people who don't know me very well or like may not know that I have like crippling stomach issues. Sometimes Hannah's stomach looks like John Hurt right before the alien pops out. And also Mm -hmm. if you touch her stomach, it's like touching an oven. And I can only imagine how like painful it is for you when it looks and feels that painful to outsiders. Yeah. I mean, we do call it my stomach monster, so that's actually a really apt comparison. Um, so I'm doing this new anti-inflammatory, gluten-free, dairy-free diet. Um, but part of that is that, like, I eat very small portions. So I don't know if you watched... Did you watch Search Party? Yes. You know that... It's Search Party, right? Where the judge is like, I have a rare condition where if I'm not literally constantly snacking, I'll die. Yes, yes, yes. That's how I feel where I have, like, meal times and then I have, like, in-between snacks. And, like, mm-hmm. if I don't hit my snack time, like... It's gonna I be a will mess. plummet, like, into a, into a pit of despair. So I had to just, like, eat, like, half a bag of popcorn in, like, two minutes flat, which, you know wasn't really a struggle for me. Um, also, sorry, one more story, and then I swear I'll stop talking about popcorn. But <laughs> Never stop talking about popcorn. This is now a popcorn-only podcast. <laughs> it's called What's Poppin' about popcorn. <laughs> What's poppin'? What's you poppin' in the world of popcorn? absolute monster. <laughs> so, um, oh yeah, if you thought I was a monster before, one time um, with an ex, ex of mine... We were, I think we were, like, on a break or, like, we were, whatever it was, we were not together at the time. And we were having this, like, passionate, like, drunken hookup of, like, ah, we haven't seen each other in a while. Like, we're just gonna, like, go for it. And um, when I took my, like, dress off, a bunch of popcorn fell out of my (laughs) bra. Little did the listener know, Hannah pads her bra with popcorn. <laughs> um, so I burst out laughing 
And, like, he thought it was funny, but he was like, I know you, so, like, of course, popcorn just fell out of your bra. And then I, like, could not stop laughing. Like, I was, like, crying laughing. And he was just like, what? Like, what? And eventually, when I calmed myself down enough, I was like, I ate popcorn three days ago. Oh, my God. (laughs) Hannah. (laughs) Oh, I'm dying. I'm dead. Um, I was like, that popcorn has to be from three days ago. (laughs) Oh. Wow. I I have so many questions, but I feel like I don't want any of the answers. <laughs> anyway, I'm single now. Tell all your friends. <laughs> um, I'm single that's... now, and a date with me comes with free popcorn. <laughs> and probably a pint glass full of olives, if we know anything about you, Hannah. Um, olives, I don't think, are technically in my anti-inflammatory diet, but I, I, do, I have had them a few times. We all know you're going to make an exception for that. I mean, within reason. Within reason. The um, stomach monster wants what it wants. <laughs> I don't, I genuinely don't know how to top all of your pre-show banter. So I'm just going to really quick talk about the thing I was going to mention, which I do think you're going to be excited about, which is that last weekend, Jeremy and I went camping with uh, two of our friends from Kansas City. And you and I grew up going camping a lot with both of our parents. Um, and I think both really enjoy camping. But when Jeremy and I were going camping, we realized that since probably 2017, we haven't been camping just for the sake of camping. Of course, we go camping every year when we do this um, annual canoe trip, but the purpose of that trip is really the canoeing, and so the camping part is sort of as low maintenance as possible. And one of the things that I love about camping is the campfire food, but we don't really do a ton of that with our canoe trip because primarily we are like roasting hot dogs over a fire one night. And that's the main uh, gist of the food for the weekend. So our friends that we went camping with put together a spreadsheet and they did one. Let's see. There were two breakfasts, two dinners, two snacks and one lunch. So they did one breakfast, one dinner, one snack, and we did one breakfast, one lunch, one dinner. And I have to say that And we... one cup. Huh? <laughs> what cup? My mouth is full of popcorn. Oh my god, Hannah. <laughs> I really wanted to say and one cup. And one cup? Yeah. Oh, Hannah. Oh, <laughs> Hannah. Hannah. This is a podcast for adults. <laughs> You were like, two breakfasts, four, four dinners, blah, blah, blah. And in my head, I was just like, one cup. Oh, my God. Okay, well, anyway, <laughs> Hannah's, Hannah's disgusting. <laughs> Side note aside. <laughs> I love you. That's disgusting. Um, we just ate really good food. And Hannah may recall that a, a favorite of mine to make when I was in high school and college was something called Cowboy Mac that we um, learned how to make at summer camp. And I made Cowboy Mac with uh, Beyond Beef and we put it in like individual tin containers and cooked it over the fire. So everyone had their own like COVID friendly campfire mac and cheese, which was really good. Um, What's so, Beyond Beef? Is that like real beef? No, no, no. So else? Beyond Beyond and Impossible are like competing. <laughs> I know. I'm just fucking with you. Oh, my God. <laughs> You get it. It was very funny because our, <laughs> we like text our friends to at they're not vegetarians. And we were like, would you be okay with eating fake meat? Because some people are super weirded out by it for some reason. What? You should just do what I do and give it to people without telling them. And then right? wait until after they compliment you and be like, Psh, that wasn't real meat. Yeah, I was going to say cough, cough like our brother who we once, uh, un- like unbeknownst to him, fed fake meat to. And he really liked it. And then he was mad it wasn't real. Um but I will say that our one friend the next morning, like, w- could not stop farting. And we went for a hike and he was leading the hike and his wife was like, I just want to know what the status of your farts is because you are now walking in the front of the line. And he was like, well, thank you for asking, sweetheart. I've mostly gotten all the farts out of my system, but I'm pretty sure it was the Beyond Meat. And so <laughs> we just, like, kept joking about his, like, fake meat farts for the whole weekend, which was quite funny. Fake um, meat farts is a... Um... 
a great band name. I was gonna say name of my sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> also, Sophie, I can't believe you believe me that I didn't know what Beyond Beef would be. I mean, I don't know your life. Sometimes you shock me with the things you don't know. You more often shock me with the things you do know, but sometimes you don't know things that are baffling to me. I can't think of any examples. <laughs> <laughs> so don't um, ask for one so don't ask for one but anyway let's get into our uh episode for this week hannah picked our movie so i'm gonna let her synopsize it we're covering a movie this week called knives and skin which was released in 2018 hannah take it away oh no oh boy um i was when you were saying that i was like uh oh don't put this on me um <laughs> so i mean it is on me but like um you got this just wing it so i had heard of this movie knives and skin um like i kept seeing it popping up on lists of like great horror movies of the year Mm -hmm. and like female it's female directed female written so like it kept popping up for me um and i knew nothing about it besides like the cover photo and it being called knives and skin and it getting rave reviews so i was like oh sweet It's going to be scary. It's going to be, like, it's going to be fucked up. It's going to be great. And then I started watching it, and it ended up just being super fucking weird. (laughs) And let me just tell you how this went down, because it was such a disaster, but it was so funny. So I had second week in a row where I just had like a crazy week of work, school, and everything. I had just finished a homework assignment at like 9 p.m. And two of my roommates were like, hey, we just made a bunch of edibles out of Fruity Pebbles, but we don't know how strong they are. So we each have to take like a different dose and then track how it goes so we can determine how strong the whole entire thing is. Um, And I was like, well, I have to get up early for school, so I don't want to do anything that's, like, going to make me oversleep or anything like that. Because as I've gotten older, like, weed just knocks me out, like, immediately. Um, So my first question was, is there gluten in them? Um, but they're made from Fruity Pebbles, and I learned that Fruity Pebbles do not have gluten in them. So, I had, like, a little tiny square of it. And then my next roommate had, like, double that. And then my other roommate had, like, triple. So, and then we all wrote it down, and then we were gonna, like, track. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Very scientific. Yeah, like, how, like, you know, how soon we started feeling things, and what we were feeling, and what have you. So we all take these edibles and then, and these homemade edibles with varying degrees of intensity. And then I'm like, hey, are you guys down for like a scary movie? Because I've heard a lot about this movie. It's supposed to be good. I'm thinking it's going to be scary. Um, And my two roommates are just like, sure, put this movie on. I would say right about as everybody's edible was like sort of like, resting like as you're coming up over the hill and like all of a sudden I was like what have I done because <laughs> this fucking movie was so fucking weird and I was not expecting it at all so it was the whole time I was just like oh boy oh whoops 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 <laughs> oh my gosh um so basically This movie is about, and I'm going to be real with you because I was high when I watched this movie. I'm not going to remember barely anyone's names. And I don't think that's my fault because I don't think this is possible. Okay. Because I don't think that's my fault. I think that's more that this movie, like, didn't really care. Like, didn't want you, like, you weren't really supposed to really care that much about anybody or anything. This is Um, really interesting because, spoiler alert, I think we're going to have really different takes on this movie based on your. uh, Oh, boy. Did you, like, love this movie? We'll talk about it. We'll talk okay. about it. Give me a synopsis first. Um, I was just lost in it. I was like, there's just so many colors and I can't, like, nothing's really happening and no one has any emotion in their voice. Um, so this, 
this this girl is like hooking up with a boy and then she licks him sucks his blood and then she he wants to like have sex and she doesn't she changes her mind and then he just like leaves her in the woods without her glasses and when she tries to get up and leave she falls and hits her head and then like essentially she dies alone in the woods because this d-bag like leaves her there and then after calling her like a slut tease and just being a huge dick to her yeah and then the whole rest of the movie is just like the sort of like the town reacting to this girl being missing Mm -hmm. um and it's specifically like a group of girls um and then like her mother gets real weird looking for her Mm -hmm. um i don't know man it was a wild (laughs) ride especially for like uh, unbeknownst dose of fruity pebble edible in your system. For sure. For sure. <laughs> well, I think I think that's a pretty fair synopsis. Like you alluded to, the movie is very loose. Like it, that girl Carolyn uh, goes missing. Of course, we know sort of what happened to her. And then, like you said, the rest of the movie, which is almost two hours long, is just sort of um, the life of other people in town as this is happening. So. I think what's what's maybe really interesting is that I think maybe a huge difference in our experience of this movie was what we were expecting it to be. So we talked briefly on the phone yesterday while I was in the middle of watching the movie and I compared this movie to Greener Grass, which we covered a little while ago. And I think in its sensibilities, there was a lot of similarity as far as there just being um, dialogue and gags that are like so absolutely absurd that they just feel completely mind-bending an example that i would give of that is that at some point when people finally go to look for carolyn's body they're all wearing she was in band marching band so when she goes missing she's wearing her marching band uniform and when they go to look for her body they're all wearing like paper marching band hats on their head and when the cop is telling them what to say at various times he's like if you find carolyn and she's okay yell i need the knife if you find carolyn and she's not okay yell give me some skin i mean like there's stuff like that that's just so absolutely preposterous and absurd um that it reminded me a lot of Greener Grass. And I think my initial reaction to it, much in the way that I reacted initially to Greener Grass, was to just be, like, really put off by it. it I mean, it's really obtuse and feels hard to relate to. And um, I think for me, maybe a big difference was I also didn't know anything about this movie outside of the plot synopsis. But I think based on the the vibe I had gotten from it, I was expecting something a little bit more artsy. Like, I wasn't anticipating this to be a movie that was necessarily te- super tense or scary as much as I was expecting it to sort of be like a moody piece. And even though it, I wouldn't necessarily say that it was that, like, I was anticipating something very character-driven and moody, which it wasn't. But I definitely... <laughs> I definitely wasn't um, necessarily anticipating for it to be something particularly tense or scary. So I think once I got my bearings with it, I started to come around. Um, That being said, I definitely had issues with this movie. So I think uh, we'll probably have a lot of interesting things to talk about. Um, I want to start with something really basic before we kind of get into the more wild stuff. Which is just like, let's talk about the aesthetics of this movie. Because I think whether or not you take issue with the plotting and writing of this movie, I thought it looked beautiful. Like the color scheme, especially in the beginning, is all like jewel tones and neons and some things glow. And um, I was really, really into that. But I'm wondering what you thought. I agree. I I was really into that too. Like I love the atmosphere of it all. Mm-hmm. Like. I never 
once considered putting like like red light bulbs everywhere and watching this movie I was like ooh it would be cool to have like red light bulbs underneath your kitchen cabinets mm-hmm. like I loved that aspect of it a lot of people's costuming too I was really into um there was like a couple things that I was like ooh that would make a great Halloween costume mm-hmm. um, I mean specifically everything that I won't remember the name of the character but there is a um a black girl who carries an electric guitar around and I will not remember her name, but like literally everything she wears would be an amazing Halloween costume, but it's just like what she's wearing to school every day. Yeah. And the, and the other girl too, who's the like brown haired girl who has like, who irons on like names of famous women onto all of her clothing. Yeah. Specifically, I wrote some of them down. She had shirts that said, Yoko Ono, Bryn Mawr, Joan of Arc, and Angela Davis. <laughs> Her name was Joanna. I only know that because I'm looking at the IMDb right now. Mm. Um, so I, I thought all of that was really cool. Um, like, but at the, like, at the same time, um, there was a certain point, especially because it was a long movie, I felt, for mm-hmm. what it was. Mm-hmm doing um at a certain point i did start to feel like this movie is a lot style with not enough substance Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to back it up especially for like how long it's going on um so there were times where i was like i've like a part of me felt like the woman who wrote and directed the movie had an idea and was like that would be cool and just sort of would, like, toss it in. Um, so I think that there, that for the most part, first on style, I, I would give it some points. Um, but I also would say that as the movie went on, there were a few times that I was like, okay, I think, like, we could have done without this part. Sure. Um, um, to that point, there, there are a couple quotes I want to share with you, and you sort of brought up a really two really good ones. The first is, um, I read a review of this movie, which we'll link in the show notes on theplaylist.net by Lena Wilson. And she says, Knives and Skins begs the question, at what point does experimentation give way to irrelevance and deliciously refuses to offer an answer? Um, which to me, we might not agree about this, but to me, like, I think the same could be said about Greener Grass. Like, I think there are so many parallels between these two films. And I'm sort of interested in the idea that, like, one may work better on various people than other people, depending on sort of what your sensibilities are. Um, I do agree with you that this movie is probably too long and suffers from some pacing issues. I think a lot of it could be tighter. I think there are a lot of sequences in this movie that I really, really liked. Um, And for me, the third act, specifically the last like 20 minutes or so, really saved the movie in my estimation. Um, And we can sort of get to that as we get to the end of it. Um, But I thought you'd be interested in this, Hannah. The woman who wrote and directed the movie, her name is Jennifer Reeder. She was born in Ohio, but she's based in Chicago. She got her MFA from the Chicago Art Institute, and she actually teaches at UIC. Um, This is her third feature film. Uh, She has at least one other feature film that I'm really intrigued by called Signature Move, which came out two years before this movie. Um, the IMDb description is Zainab, a 30 something Pakistani Muslim lesbian in Chicago takes care of her sweet and TV obsessed mother as she falls for Alma, a bald and sorry, a bold and very bright Mexican woman. She searches for identity in life, love and wrestling. And it's a movie about this like woman discovering her sexuality through like luchador wrestling. And it sounds really fascinating. (laughs) And I watched the trailer and it looks really, really charming. But anyway, um, uh, Jennifer Reeder was a guest on, uh, you guessed it, Switchblade Sisters recently. Mm -hmm. Uh, She and April Wolf discussed Twister, which is an absolute favorite film of mine. And when April was introducing Jennifer Reeder, she said that Jennifer's career has straddled the line of hard art and indie filmmaking construction, personal fiction films about relationships, trauma, and coping, 
borrowing from a range of forms, including after school specials, amateur music videos, and magical realism. And I feel like truly just that sentence kind of encapsulates what's happening in this movie. Like it makes it make it contextualizes this movie a lot better for me, I think, to sort of understand that that's the um, basis that she's working from. But I agree with you that um, there are parts of this movie that sort of feel, um, again, like it reminded me a lot of Greener Grass where like if you take any one vignette in this movie, it's like, what is happening? And then if you throw them all together, they start to make more sense. But I think in both cases, there are still situations where like chunks of the story could be pulled out to edit and make the whole more tight. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't know, like, it's kind of funny because I, I really liked Greener Grass. Um, and I, I don't know if maybe part of that is because I did also know like what I was getting into for that beforehand. Um, or if there's something in something like sort of satirical in that when it's under like the obvious guise of comedy, I like I respond to it more or respond better to it. Um, Cause like in greener grass, which I agree that there's very similar um, and it was also very weird, and there were also times that it felt a little long. Like, I had so much more of an, uh, like, an, I don't know, I just enjoyed that movie a lot more, and, and I wonder why that is, because there were elements of this movie that, like, for example, um, it's Joanne is the girl who puts the ladies' names on her shirts? Joanna, yeah. Joanna. Um, wow, am I like a angry old grandpa calling it who's that one who puts the ladies names on her shirts um but uh joanna's mom is like suffering from some kind of mental illness um and part of that is that she sleeps on aluminum foil pillowcases mm-hmm. and i found that so funny and like every time there was a scene where her daughter will come and talk to her and try to talk to her about something very serious. And, like, again, I'm not sure, based on the context, if it was meant to be serious or funny, but the mom would be, like, rustling around on these aluminum foil pillowcases and it would be so loud. Mm-hmm. And, like, that made me laugh so hard every single time it happened. But... Like, I wonder what it is about greener grass that I liked more. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why one of them feels like it worked more for me than the other. You know what I mean? Like, for sure. I mean, I, I think that you're right where greener grass is definitely sitting more completely within the like box of satirical. Like, the, the tone of greener grass is very consistent throughout. While I think that this movie is sort of trying to balance between a couple different tones. And I don't think it always works, right? It, it's, it, is, it is trying at its core to sort of take down or look at through a new lens this story of like a young girl that goes missing and how that affects a town when a young girl goes missing, which in some ways Greener Grass is also about, right? It also starts with a young woman being murdered and that's, but that sort of ends up being more of a, a sideline story. Um, but I do think that this movie is trying to uh, do a lot of the same satirical things, but it's, it's tone is much less sarcastic. Like the absurdity yeah. in this, the absurdity in this a lot of times is to make you laugh. But I think sometimes it's just to sort of, excuse me, make you think about what's going on. Um, Yeah, well, and, like, I don't know, like, in Knives and Skin, or, excuse me, in Greener Grass, although a lot of what happens is absurd and extremely surreal, the people, and people, people in that one are, like, reacting more, like, over the top Mm -hmm. than, 
like in in knives and skin where often people were like not in, like reacting or they were very monotone yeah the the acting style is like very flat which yeah. i which really bothered me at, at yeah, several points in the movie I, I agree like to me too like at a certain point i'm just like at a certain point it makes me angry cuz i'm just like what are we doing here like <laughs> yeah yeah um, um i want i want to talk about um, one of the things that I have several notes about is the guy that Carolyn is hooking up with, um, whose name I don't remember. I just, when I referred to him in my notes, I said the jock, he's Joanna's brother. But I thought that what they did around his character was super interesting. So he is a football player and... It is, cl- and he says when they're hooking up in the first in the opening scene that he has a girlfriend. We later meet his girlfriend. She's a a black cheerleader at the school, and he's white, which I think is important. Um, when he's with Carolyn, who's also white, you know, he's like, "You're way better at kissing than my girlfriend is," and then he's never. He's never the center of any storyline, but he seems to pop into almost. He seems to pop into the storyline of almost every female lead as just the like personification of toxic masculinity in a way that I found really fascinating. So obviously he's the reason for the inciting incident where Carolyn dies. Um, But then going forward from that, we have when the, when Carolyn's mom, she smells Carolyn on him. It's like, it's a really weird and freaky scene. But she asks if they went all the way and he says yes, even though they didn't. Like, they didn't do anything Mm -hmm. except she kissed his head and then was like, he tried to kiss her and she's like, I don't don't want to kiss you on the mouth. And then that's when he got angry. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting where it was like he felt the need to lie about it because of his, like, ego, even to the, like, grieving mother of the woman, which is like, or of the girl, which is so horrifying. And then... We see him repeatedly treat his girlfriend terribly. Like, they're making out in the car, and at one point she's, like, not into it anymore. And he's like, five more seconds? And so she, like, counts out loud while she's clearly super miserable while he keeps making out with her, which is, like, such a, like, again, that's a scene where the absurdity really worked for me. Mm -hmm. Like, it's such a ridiculous thing, but also feels like it's calling out a reality that probably is true for a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he's not at all bothered by how clearly not into this she is. Yeah. Um, and then later on, she eventually breaks up with him and he's yelling at her and calling her a slut and all kinds of other stuff. And she just keeps saying, you treat girls like shit. And instead of acknowledging anything she's done wrong, he just keeps yelling at her for different things when clearly he is the core issue in their relationship. And I just, I think that's when I started to turn around on the movie. That's sort of the beginning of the third act. Um, But I really appreciated what they did with his character. I wouldn't even call it an arc, but sort of the way they keep pinning harmful behavior to him as sort of our touchstone for what a lot of men are like. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Um... And I agree. And it was also like the, the same way that um, some of the women in the film seem to like attach or project aspects of their own desires or selves like onto him when it was sort of undeserved, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which I think, you know, is similar in that he was just sort of like this every man that kind of was in and out of everything, but like never really deserving to be there. Um, And I I appreciate that. Also, like, I don't know why, but like a lot of this movie, maybe it's because a lot of this movie looked like a teen Vogue to me. Like I wanted, I was like, damn, I want a Letterman jacket that says I treat girls like shit on the back. (laughs) (laughs) well you were talking about costuming earlier and there's a character who ends up not being one of the more central characters but there's a muslim character in this and the scene where she's introduced she's wearing like a leopard print hijab and she has 
big safety pins all down the one side of it. And I was like, that is the coolest shit I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, that is... It was Ugh. so striking and beautiful. So much of the costuming in this is really awesome. Have you ever seen the Taco Course? No. That's one of my favorite movies. It's a, probably like 10 years old now, but and I haven't seen it in a while. So maybe upon revisiting, I'm not sure if I would still love it as much. But mm-hmm. when I was in high school, I loved it. It's like this movie about um, like a Muslim punk scene in Buffalo, New York. Cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And they have like all the different like punk stereotypes but they also all kind of fit into like different muslim stereotypes mm-hmm. um so it's really it's pretty the like the one that i'm thinking of is that like um the one who's like the riot girl uh is it wears like a full um full burqa and a job and everything um i hope i'm using the right term for is that, hijab is, is just the around the head and then burqa is mm-hmm. when it's the whole body, correct? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to make sure I got that right. I, I believe so, but I also could be. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, you should see it. It's not a horror movie, but it is awesome. Um, but anyway, oh, I lost my train of thought because I was just like, man, I haven't watched that movie in a while. I should rewatch it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, oh yeah, because I was thinking about the, that awful guy, but I liked the jacket that said I treat girls like shit. Um, maybe I would get one, but one that says that for like, I treat dudes like shit or something. I but mean, anyway. Yeah, you definitely should. Um, I also have to say that, like, again, and I don't know if this is, you know, not to get too far into this because I know sometimes our parents listen to this podcast, but <laughs> I don't know if it's because I am single and. I'm newly single and, um, you know, things are different for me right now and Mm -hmm. I'm not in the same place I was where I was getting it more regularly, Mm -hmm. but the jock of which we speak, his girlfriend, um, has a relationship with another girl in the movie and I found this, like, this, so they do these, like, there's, a, there's, like, two different scenes where they meet up in the bathroom. And the first one, they're passing notes back and forth and putting them in each other's, like, they put them in their own vagina. Like, they, mm-hmm. like one girl removes a note from her vagina and then hands it to the other girl. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, does vice versa and, and puts the other girl's note in her. And then later on, they're handing, like, weird tchotchkes back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because I am just a little hard up from being out of a relationship for, like, a month. But I actually found those scenes, like, pretty erotic. (laughs) (laughs) It was really funny because, honestly, a couple things. One, after watching Swallow, I was like, I don't want to watch anything come out of anyone's underwear. Um, Also, I don't know if you noticed earlier on, but the, the... girl who was dating the jock was the daughter of that woman who was faking her pregnancy and she had (laughs) the mom i forgot about that lady and her that whole story i think excuse me as far as i'm concerned the storylines about the parents were like really the part about for me that i didn't care about like yeah a lot of the so we didn't even get into it but like a lot of the parents have their own storylines obviously the girl who's missing her mother who's a single mom, it appears, has her own storyline. And then we have Joanna's mother and father who are sort of like estranged and on the rocks and not in a good relationship. And then this um, young woman who's a cheerleader who's dating the jock um, and her parents. And like all their parents have their own storylines, which for the most part I didn't care about. But I don't know if you noticed that the the waitress mom, the mom of the cheerleader, mm-hmm. She had all those little tchotchkes on her uh, windowsill. There was, like, a very prominent <laughs> shot of them at one point. So I I have to imagine that this girl was, like, taking things that belonged to her mom. And it just made me think of, like... Oh, that's so weird. I did not notice that part of it. Yeah, there's a scene in the movie where there's just, like, a very close-up shot of the kitchen windowsill and all these, like, little glass figurines on the windowsill above the kitchen sink. Um, oh, my God. That's so funny. I, one uh, of the things that, like, speaking of... I mean, it was real weird, me, but it worked for me on some level. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm, like... <laughs> one of the 
I'm well, really, thought, like, really hitting up the apps right now looking for a new lady love, so. Yeah. I, thought, <laughs> I actually felt like a lot of their relationship really worked for me. Like, there's this really, there's this scene earlier on that I think is, like, played for absurdity where um, it seems to be sort of the beginning of their relationship, at least as far as we, the audience, see it, where the cheerleader who we know is dating the jock guy she like hands a piece of notebook paper to the other girl in the library and there's like a very anatomically correct pencil drawing of a vagina on it and then they hold hands (laughs) and it's like it felt like that scene really made me giggle and then um there's a scene later on where they're the one girl is like singing there's a lot of really beautiful uh acapella covers in this that I want to talk about but there's a cool scene where the other girl is like singing a duet with herself essentially and they're like kind of overlaying the shots of her singing to herself while she's laying in bed like thinking about this relationship um let's talk about the music because I was so into the music in this it's a lot of um 80s covers sung in acapella like very um, stripped down, quiet acapella, not like Pitch Perfect where people are like doing instrumentation with their mouths. It's just like very stripped, quiet covers of songs. And one of the first ones we hear is Our Lips Are Sealed, which was beautiful sung that way, I thought. I was like, I just like rewound to the beginning of the sequence to watch it again because I liked it so much. Um, I guess like my feeling about the music, like was kind of like oh (laughs) all right i don't like first of all i can't stand acapella please don't come for me about this (laughs) um every time i hear acapella i have like flashbacks to college when i was forced to listen to acapella constantly um because for people who don't know for my first Three years of school, I went to a college that was, um, uh, had a heavy performing arts presence, um, and people were just acapelling at, at you constantly, everywhere. Um, well, if you didn't like the acapella, how did you feel about the song that the, um, the girl with the electric guitar who always had the great outfits, she sings a a cover of an 80s song at the dance, but it's not acapella. She just does, like, an acoustic cover of an 80s song. I didn't mind hers um, nearly as much. It was more like the high-pitched acapella over and over and over again that I did not like. Like, it to me was, like, nails on a chalkboard a little bit. (laughs) Like, just, like, like, I, I can't. It was not, it did not work for me. I will say it was, like, the only thing my one roommate who took the three times as much as me um, Uh piece of the Fruity Pebbles, he, poor kid, was, like, the whole time was just, like, had this look on his face, like, I don't know, I don't even know what he saw. Like, (laughs) I don't know if he was really (laughs) seeing the movie or if it had transported him somewhere terrifying, but he did love the music. Like, every time they would start singing, he would just, like, pump his fist while still staring, like, terrified at the screen. Well, I'm Um, I'm very much with him. I have to say that I'm with you where I personally think that the kind of acapella as done in Pitch Perfect is overrated, which is not at all to say that I don't think it takes a ton of talent, because I'm sure it does. But I think that Pitch Perfect made everyone get way too obsessed with acapella, and it, like, is, it's just... It's just not my jam. I'm not hating on it. It's just not for me. I do, however, love the like just acapella covers that they're doing. I think part of it is I have a real affinity and like silly unearned nostalgia for 80s music. Um, So it was just really cool to hear a lot of these songs sung in this way. The other reason it really worked for me is that Carolyn's mom is the choir director So it just feels like this thing where, like, there's this ongoing, like, sight gag where Carolyn's mom keeps wearing Carolyn's dresses, like, prom and homecoming dresses (laughs) over her clothing. Yeah. It just feels like so much of her, 
I'm sure that her her missing her daughter is genuine, but also there's absolutely a lot of her like living through her daughter. And so there is to me something about her leading this all girls choir and making them sing like acapella song versions of songs that she probably really liked in high school. <laughs> yeah, while wearing her daughter's like 80s looking prom dresses and like Yeah, exactly. And I had not heard the song that gets covered for the dance, um, but it's called Birds Fly, Whisper to a Scream by The Icicle Works from the 80s. And again, this is really where I, the third act is really where the movie came around for me. And um, and I think what I loved so much about the ending was that it sort of, it's it pulls away a little bit from some of the absurdity and feels more like a traditional narrative about like kids in high school and again this is another reason why for me the stories about the parents just didn't need to be there or didn't need to be as drawn out as they are because I think at the end of the day it's really about these teenagers and the chorus to the song she's singing is we are but your children finding our way around indecision we are ever helpless take us forever a whisper to a scream which is like such a great song to sing in that moment but again it just feels uh it feels to be discongruous with the story that we've been watching up until that point yeah like I feel like the ending won me over but I wonder if part of why the ending won me over is that it really backed away from a lot of the absurdity and felt more like a traditional coming of age high school movie like yeah the two girls get together they don't go to the homecoming dance the cheerleader gives her dress to the girl with the electric guitar so that she can go with the football player who's not the douchey football player and he asks her out by like playing Christmas light covered drums in her backyard like it that part all feels a lot more like a much more traditional kind of movie and I think like there's a part of it too where with aspects of that I was like oh this movie like a lot of the atmosphere I loved so much that I wish it was a little more that movie like yeah I wish it it, I I wish it like leaned into um I wish that it leaned into this surrealism more or Mm -hmm. less like I feel like it was sort of in the middle and especially with how how monotone the acting was like and this the speech like it just really was like that like rolled that middle ground for me like into the ground because I was like I can't handle this anymore after a while um and I feel like there was something else I was going to say. I can't remember. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm with you, though. I think the more I think about this movie, I think I did enjoy it more than you. But I'm looking in looking through my notes and thinking of the conversation we've had thus far. I feel like a lot of the stuff that worked really well for me was the stuff that wasn't absurd. Yeah. And... I think for me, this movie would have worked better as sort of like a, if it had, if it had toned down a lot of that stuff. I mean, some of my all time favorite parts, I already talked about all the stuff with the football player and especially the, his girlfriend saying over and over again, you treat girls like shit. Um, There's another great sequence towards the beginning where the girl with the guitar, I feel really bad for not knowing everyone's names, but the IMDb, Paige doesn't have photos for a lot of the actors, and I don't want to try to guess who anyone is, so my apologies the actors to the actors and their characters. But um, that girl helps Joanna's mom as a seamstress, and she is fitting a dress for the cheerleader. And they're having this conversation that is just sort of like catty and not nice, and she's asking the cheerleader, like, if she and her boyfriend ever do it and she's like you know what do you what do you guys do like up the shirt down the pants like have you seen it (laughs) and I found that conversation like the way that the scene plays out again it probably leans into the absurdity and sort of satirical stuff more than would be my preference but I liked the conversation and they circle back around to it at the end where the cheerleader decides not to go to the dance and so she gives her dress to the other girl so that she can go with the guy that she's been tutoring who put up the drum set in her yard and they have this sort of reversal or or mirror of that conversation 
where she's like, so you didn't do it? And the trailer is like, no. And she's like up the shirt and she's like, not really. And, or like once. And she's like down the pants and she's like, not really. And then she says, did you see it? And she says, once by accident. And the other girl's like, what did it look like? And she says, it looked like E.T. <laughs> uh, that made me laugh I so love that. hard. I it looked like E.T. Was, was hilarious and on point. <laughs> yeah, super true. Yeah, I think I'm with you where maybe if we had cut out some or a lot of this uh, satirical weird stuff, I would have liked it more. Um, I did not prep you for this question ahead of time, but one of the other lines that really got to me was um, Joanna talking about how she knew Carolyn. Uh, they were friends when they were younger. They didn't seem to be as close anymore. But she got her first period when she was at a sleepover at Carolyn's house. And she's like, period blood really gets in there. <laughs> um, and it really made me laugh. And I thought especially because of the initial premise of our podcast, like we would really be remiss to not talk about this. And I was wondering if you had any stories that you could remember that you were willing to share about like experiences you had with periods, especially when you were younger, where you were just like, oh no, where like something embarrassing happened. Cause like it really does get everywhere, man. And I think part of the stigma around <laughs> periods in our culture is like, we just don't talk about it. We're just like, yeah. we're going to have to hide it. And it never happened. Well, it was so funny. Like my, I watched it with my two, two of my male roommates and I felt like they were horrified by the period talk. And I was just like, guys, like, come on. Like, when the girl was talking about how it just, like, destroys your underwear, I was like, yeah, Yeah, guys. she's like, I've lost so many pairs of underwear. I was like, that is accurate. Like, and, um, well, for me, I guess, so I was an extremely late bloomer, and I didn't get my period until I was, like, until, like, a month, month or two before my 18th birthday. Um, mm-hmm. and I was in a play, a musical at school. And, uh, I needed to wear, I had to wear leggings in the show. And like, I had, I had just gotten my period. So it was only like my, it had to only be like my second or third time getting my period. Mm -hmm. Um, and it happened like the night before the opening night of the show. And I, so at that point I was only wearing pads because I was like terrified of tampons. Um, it should not surprise anyone who's seen that school picture of me as a child that I was still a virgin at that point. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I just thought of like how there's like big dick energy. If that was just like big verge energy. Um, But anyway, that just reminded me that I recently, sorry, this is a quick (laughs) tangent, but Jeremy and I recently had a conversation with a friend of our, some friends of ours about WAP. And our friend, who I will not name because I don't want to embarrass him, was like, yeah, I don't know what WAP stands for. And we were like, just guess. What do you think it stands for? And he's like, wide-ass pussy. We're like, Tim, do you really think women are out there bragging about their wide-ass pussy? (laughs) I just said his name. Tim, I'm so sorry. Like, my giant pussy. That's going to be my... I just have a heavy flow and a wide set vagina. <laughs> I just rewatched Mean Girls. The other That's day, really so. funny. Um, oh God! I, so my story, my story was is is embarrassing, but also kind of cute because I essentially had no choice. I had to figure out how to wear a tampon, but I was scared because I never had. So my two best friends, um, Devin and Blaine, had to like stand outside the bathroom stall door and like explain to me how to put in a tampon. Oh, my God. Uh, For, like, 15 minutes. And I was, like, terrified. And I kept, like, doing it wrong or, like, you know, like... Because, you know, I always think about this, how when you're young, how invasive it is to put in a tampon and how, like... Yeah. I feel like there's very little recognition of that or, like, an outlet for girls to be able to express that. Like... Especially, like, if you are, like, as I was, uh, like, I was a virgin. I didn't masturbate. Like, I didn't do anything around that area myself. So to have to, like, insert something into my body, like, into my vagina was, like, very traumatic. So, like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, I'm very happy I had my two friends there with me every step of the way. Other than, like, physically putting it in there for me, they, like, 
there was a point where my friend was like, do you want me just to come in and do it for you? Because <laughs> I was like <laughs> struggling so much because I was just scared. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good friend. Um, <laughs> I thought immediately of this experience I had where when I was, I was already in college, I think, but I had a really good friend um, I'm not going to name the friend because they don't know, they still don't know this happened. And I, if they listen to this, I don't want them to know, but I was home from college on a fall break or summer break or something must've been summer break. Cause I was wearing shorts. I had this like favorite pair of Navy blue, like linen-y kind of shorts from American Eagle. And I had hung out with my friend all day and stayed at their house. And we had both kind of fallen asleep on the couch and the love seat in the living room. And I had a doctor's appointment in the morning and I was supposed to meet mom at the doctor for my appointment or something. Maybe I was supposed to meet her after my appointment. I don't remember. But I woke up in the morning and I don't know if you've had this experience, but I feel like this is a pretty universal experience for a lot of women. I woke up. um, I I had slept on the couch at my friend's house, which luckily for me was leather. (laughs) And I woke up. And I had somehow not gotten any blood on the couch, but my period had soaked through my tampon and my pad and my underwear and my shorts. So my legs were covered in blood. My shorts were like 75% covered in blood. My underwear was ruined and I didn't have anything. I didn't have anything to, I didn't have any tampons or pads with me. So I just remember waking up. My friend was still asleep. I just got up and left the house like I didn't know what to do so I just left I mean it probably bears saying this was a male friend so I couldn't be like hey Mm -hmm. please help me um but I just like I remember calling mom and being like I'm gonna be late wherever I was supposed to meet her I was like I'm gonna be late I have to go home and like shower and change clothes because I have completely like bled through everything. I can't tell you the number of times that I somehow managed to bleed through like everything I was wearing such that it looked like someone had been murdered in my pants and yet like my bed was clean. Yeah. I'm not saying I didn't ruin a ton of sheets, but like there seems to be this innate ability to like wake up when it's like, okay, five more minutes and the bed's going to be ruined. So you have to get up. You have to get up right now. (laughs) Yeah. Like I've had that happen where it's like, I, in college, it used to happen to me all the time where I'd fall asleep, uh, like unplanned fall asleep, and then wake up yep. where it was like I had moments to spare, moments to spare before I like went into like toxic shock syndrome for having my <laughs> tampon in for too long, having it been like completely soaked through. But I've also like had experiences where, um, like I have a bit of a, con- uh, I have a really cool condition where like my vagina bleeds like pretty much every time I have sex. Um, and so like, it's something I often have to like warn people about if I haven't like had a past sexual experience with them before. And it's certainly made like some one night stands very awkward Uh for everyone involved. Um, but there was one time where I had, had just had sex with, uh, an ex-boyfriend and I was running we had like sex in the morning before I was like needing to leave for work and this was like a months and months and months ago so I was still taking the train and everything to work and also I'm as I'm telling the story I'm like oh god in this climate this would be like horrifying I'm sure um but when I went to like go pee after we had sex I like there was some blood but I was like oh it was probably just because of the sex so I didn't think too much of it mm-hmm. and um I had been like asleep horizontally so I Ready. didn't really think it was a th- you know I didn't yeah I didn't think right so um I had changed very quickly and like run out the door mm-hmm. and it wasn't until I was on the train and I was on my second train. So I had transferred in the loop. So this was the <laughs> second train I was on and I mm-hmm. sat down and saw that there was blood on my legs, like around my knees and ankles. Oh no. And so I realized that essentially 
when I was changing, like I had bl- I had bled. I was like, oh shit, my period. So I had been bleeding all night into my underwear and like didn't realize so that when I changed, I basically just like painted my legs with blood and then like threw on some new clothes. Oh no. <laughs> so I was like on a train and there were people everywhere and I was like, is it more weird if I try to get the blood off of my legs or is it <laughs> like more like which is more weird if I try to get the blood off or if I just pretend like it's not there? <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, so wow. See, I'm glad we watched this movie because what a fun conversation. Also, I'm definitely texting our parents and saying this episode is off limits. Hannah, uh, how many Bloody Marys out of five would you give to Knives and Skin? Um, I think this might be unpopular, but I'm going to probably only give it like one. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Like maybe you know, I'd give it like life. a live, Olive No, Steeler, live your life. Give it like, a one. Give it a one. Mostly just a one. Um, I think I give my fruity pebble edible a five though. (laughs) Well, good. I think I'm going to give this movie a solid three and a half Bloody Marys out of five. No, I'm going to go with three. Three feels good, but I will paint my nails with rotting corpse beforehand. Um, You already did say that our parents are not going to listen to this episode. Yes, I'm going to tell them. Because then I'm going to second that. Three does feel good. hey Oh, my God, Hannah. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna tell, now I'm going to tell our brother also that it's off limits. Um, anyway. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I think if you've listened to this thus far and Knives and Skin sounds like it's your jam, check it out. But it's definitely not for everyone. And I genuinely don't even know that I would, like, wholeheartedly recommend it but I did I did I have fond feelings of it now but I didn't necessarily enjoy it the whole time I was watching it so that's that's where I land um this week for our in ladier news uh brought to us by Hannah um we wanted to talk about a follow-up to news that we've talked about in the past which is that this week Um, the AG in Louisville, um, and in Kentucky has decided to impanel a grand jury in, uh, to discuss the, the killing of Breonna Taylor. I think it's really important to cover a couple of things. So some of you may not know exactly what a grand jury is. So it's important to note that a grand jury just means that a group of people who are anonymous are going to be presented evidence simply by the prosecution. The defense doesn't make any kind of presentation at a grand jury, and they will decide whether or not to indict. And that basically just means, is is anyone going to be charged? So as of right now, no charges have been brought. The grand jury will sort of decide whether or not that's going to happen. There's not a lot of information right now about when the grand jury will hear the case or who might be the subject of charges. Um, so I do want to note that officer Hankskin, who's the one who shot at Brandon Taylor's apartment from the outside, um, he's been fired. The other two, the other two officers have not. Um, there's a really good podcast that actually the New York times just put out the last two days. That was a two part, um, story about the murder of Brianna Taylor and sort of the timeline leading up to it and talking more about her and interviewing her her boyfriend um, who was there when she was killed. So I would highly recommend if you're interested in that story at all to listen to that. And please keep um, keep talking about her, keep saying her name, and keep pushing for justice in her case. It's been almost 200 days um, since she was killed in her home, and there still has been very little action. So we're we're glad for this one step, but we are not done by any means. Um, I think that's it for us this week, you guys. Uh, get excited. We don't usually tell you what we're doing next week, but I'm so excited because next week we're finally covering The Turning, which is the terrible remake of The Innocence that we've not seen, but we're probably going to not like. So I'm sure it's going to be a very spirited conversation. Before that episode drops, if you want to get a hold of us, you can reach out to us on Twitter. We're at 28dayslady underscore ER. You can also email us at 28dayslady.er at gmail.com. Do you have anything you want to tell the fine folks, Hannah? Well, um, just on that note, since we are watching The Turning next week, 
when we watched The Innocents, remember I kept talking like about how it reminded me so much of the Hitchcock movie Rebecca. Mm-hmm. It's also getting a remake. I know. I just saw today the trailer for the remake of Rebecca. And Starring I was like, one very attractive Army Hammer. Yeah, doing his best, like, oh, give me all your money, see? Accent. I have to say <laughs> that, uh, I'm just going to say this now, we definitely need to do an episode about that movie, and I want to have my two very dear girlfriends, uh, Jamie and Kat, on when we do that episode. Uh, I made them watch... Call Me By Your Name at a girls' night pre-COVID. We all, like, ate Popeye's chicken sandwiches and drank wine and watched Call Me By Your Name, which I had seen, but they had not. And they also didn't know who Army Hammer was, and they were both just like, oh, my God, this is the most beautiful man ever born. Why did I not know about him? Um, so I really want to make them watch Rebecca and then cover it with us. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty – that'd be pretty good. Um, so, the girls so who do – the women who do um, Bitch Sesh, they did an Oscar party – a couple years ago when that movie had just come out and they always do like a big cake for their Oscar party. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had done a call me by your name cake and it was just, was it just like a jizzy peach. Well, it was just supposed to have a picture of the guys like from the movie on it. And the bakery was a gay bakery. And so they took the liberty of making a peach with jizz on it out of fondant and putting it on the cake. <laughs> oh my God. That makes me so happy. Which is pretty amazing. That's very amazing. Um, so, yeah, that's that's our show for this week, everybody. Uh, please continue to take care and wear your damn masks. And always pee after sex. And check your legs for blood before you leave the house. <laughs> Definitely do that every morning. <laughs> <laughs>